Thank you for tuning in today. We want to welcome you to the NAM podcast. We pray you are blessed by this episode. Well, thank you for joining us today as we talk about launch. We're going to talk today with Brother Scott Sistrunk, who was our general NAM director, and Brother Jamil McLaren, who is a church planner in Royal Oaks, Michigan, and a launch alumni and part of our launch team about the power of a team when you're planning a church. And so, Brother Sistrunk, we're just going to turn it over to you. And thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you, Brother Stewart. Uh, when we talk about team, it's important for us to understand that team church planning is not a new concept. It's not a novel invention. Invention, You know, it is apostolic. Okay, this is how all churches in the New Testament were started. They were started by teams. Uh, one of the primary models that the apostolic movement has used over uh, uh, the last uh, probably at least 40 years, maybe 50 years, is the what we call the lone church planter. Uh, some people call it the parachute model. Uh, I have yet to find that model in the book of Acts. And so we are not talking about a new novel invention here. We're talking about getting back to the book of Acts, back to how the United Pentecostal Church was planning churches in the 50s and 60s, back to how when this uh, apostolic movement first exploded at the turn of the century, how churches were planted. And so um, we have today with us uh, church planner Jamil McLaurin. Uh, of course, most of you know I was in Detroit for 30 years. Uh, Brother McLaurin is pastoring a church, planning a church in Royal Oak, a city that one time had a thriving United Pentecostal church. It was pastored by the district superintendent of Michigan. Uh, Brother N.A. Urshan uh, was on staff there, so was Marilyn Gazowski. And uh, then uh, things happened, events took place, and that church ceased to exist. I think sometimes in the in the 70s, but uh, uh, Brother McLaurin is there establishing a church, and Brother McLaurin has been able to put together one of the best church planning teams that I have seen in the modern era, and uh, I just am so thrilled, been monitoring his progress, watching him, and so I want Brother McLaurin to to take it from here and and. Uh, thank you, Brother Jamil, for all that you have done and uh, exampling planning a church with a team. Hey, I'm so excited and, and uh, honored to be a part of this. Got a couple of my heroes on the call, so this is pretty awesome for me. And obviously, appreciate I just appreciate the opportunity to share. I'm really passionate about this topic uh, because my wife and I have been blessed to experience uh, something over the last few years that I know without a shadow of a doubt had we not been able to with the help of the lord have a great team around us would not have happened and i just want to start by saying uh the people that we've been able to see uh filled with the holy ghost baptized in jesus name repent of their sin and now be developed and discipled uh every sunday i get to see the benefit of having a team because the amount of people we've been able to see develop in the kingdom uh, because of it not just being my wife and I trying to dig it out 
uh, one at a time. Uh, it's exponential, it's exciting, and I'm really excited about this topic. Uh, you know, when I came to launch, they told me that the goal was to help skip the first three years of, of struggle that church planners go through. Uh, and, and I remember the phrase was three years, and then uh, one of the jokes was it could be three to 10 years. Uh, of the church planner struggle, just coming and, you know, digging it out by yourself in the living room, whatever you can do. And, and I really do believe that with the training we went through of how to build a team uh, and applying some of those principles, we really were able to, although we've had plenty of struggles, skip, you know, years of, of just turmoil that people go through in the parachute methods. So there's a few advantages that I saw, uh, you know, that I was kind of asked, uh, you guys kind of asked me to kind of share the advantages and, and there's here's a few advantages that I have seen uh, from having a team that I think are things that are necessary to launch a church and things that you have to do no matter who you are, that for us having a team kind of helped us do it quicker, helped us do it more effectively and really gave an exponential growth. So the first kind of area I'll hit uh, is just on the on the spiritual side, just on the spiritual side. You know, of course, I believe that a church planner has to have a burden for a city and God calls a man to a city. Uh, but the weight of the city, I'll never forget the day where the, the weight of Royal Oak, I feel like it just kind of came on my shoulders. I'll never forget the day. Tears running down my eyes, you know, almost convulsing uncontrollably, just feeling the burden for the lost souls in the city. And uh, my wife and I started praying. And as we began to build a team, uh, it was amazing to watch other people come around us, start to catch little hints of that of that vision. And, you know, when we're praying for our city, even before we started anything, we had people that were praying with us, that were in the trenches with us, praying and fasting and studying and believing for God to do something great. And, and I just have to say, before I go too far, you know, uh, of course, I'm gonna talk about spiritual, practical and personal uh, kind of advantages. But for me, that was the first thing that kind of changed the game of having a team is just not carrying the weight uh, spiritually and the heaviness you feel for a city by yourself. And knowing that there's people around you uh, that that just care about what you care about, and I'll, I'll never forget one particular day, uh, this story kind of came to mind as I was thinking about this. I was walking, I was walking through this little uh, space that we were using for for offices before we got launched, and somebody on our team that's still one of our strongest members to this day was was travailing for our church, and my wife and I were going through a, a really hard decision at that time. We were struggling, you know, the church hadn't planted yet. And we were, you know, having a challenge of faith. And I stood on the outside of that door and heard somebody on our team travail for an hour about, uh, about how power, you know, what God was going to do. And it was just so encouraging to hear the prayers of people around us, uh, go in, uh, for the church. So I just want to throw that out spiritually. I think it, it, it was a huge advantage that we just did not feel alone uh, in prayer at the beginning. Yeah, go ahead. I just want to say, I, I remember, brother, they were having these meetings, brother Jamil, before they launched a church. Uh, they would have uh, prayer meetings or team meetings and start with prayer. 
I went to one of those, uh, maybe a couple of those. I remember they were having it in Brother Jamil's living room. And, yeah. you know, I walked in, of course, I've had a lot of experience church planning, and I walked in and the prayer that was going up was just, it was so intense. And here I'm looking at, you know, I don't know how many was there, maybe a dozen, 15 uh, people interceding, praying, the power of that prayer almost just, it's just like a force coming out. When I opened that door, I thought, my God, how long did that take me? Starting with the parachute method to get to that level where you could have that kind of prayer meeting. And I, I know everybody that's ever planted a church with a long church planner method, you spend maybe years praying by yourself and then until you get a group of disciples that you've been able to teach them how to pray. And, and so the Bible says clearly one can put a thousand to flight, two, 10,000. When a church planner is trying to break through a spiritual barrier, pull down strongholds, uh, you know, having a, a team that can agree together in prayer, no way to put a value on that no way to say how many years that saved you no way to overestimate the power of that so. yeah well and I, I appreciate seeing that brother sister okay and i definitely want to share that with our team but that's a, a great compliment and, and that's the thing I'll, I'll i'll move on but again i agree with you it, you know, growing up in a great apostolic church and being part of prayer meetings growing up just before even launching knowing that we could have prayer meetings where we really felt like there was something shifting in the atmosphere of our city it, like you said it just it's priceless so that was the first thing just spiritually and, and one of the main reasons i encourage people about the church the, the method of, of building a team number two is just practically um the bottom line is somebody's got to set up the chairs you know the bottom line is somebody's got to uh you know the the launch methodology is based off of you know building a team but then trying to get a launch large you know so trying to get as much momentum at the beginning as possible you know our very first event as a church there were 65 people there the very first time you know and through the first six months that we had our monthly kind of preview building up momentum events it ranged from 60 to 120 during that time and the bottom line is, you know, somebody had to help me set up the chairs. Somebody had to help me pass out the flyers. Somebody had to help me share the stuff on Facebook. And just on a practical level, you know, those numbers, you know, some could sound big or some could sound small. But for us, the fact that we had 10 to 15 people involved in the process of reaching out to our city, posting everything on Facebook, resharing everything on social media, you know, passing out flyers, uh, inviting their friends, um, as well as when the people actually showed up, you know, I, I if, if 60 people showed up and it was just me and my wife, which with the power of social media now, by the way, is possible because, you know, for a couple hundred bucks, you can get a, a video out that touches, you know, 30,000 people in your city. We wouldn't have been able to engage with the people that we had. And again, we had a couple hundred people through a course of six months we just engaged with. 
And, you know, every time I had people that helped me set up stuff, I had help with outreach, I had help actually engaging. And then when we started the church, we had our first service, you know, people were able to come and feel like this was a church. Brother Sister gave me a great phrase one time. It's like, it was your church planner. It's almost like you're, uh, you're fighting off a bear. You have to act a little, you almost want to feel a little bigger than you are, you know, when people are walking in, it's like, uh, hey, we're a real church, you know? And just having a team, and it wasn't a ton of people, you know, at 15 at the tops, it just made it feel like an actual church when people walked in. We had some guests, and we actually had a few people doing music, and we had a few people at the door, and we had a few people, you know, engaging in the hallways. It made our guests feel like, okay, I, this is like a place, this is actually a church I could go to and not just a, a Bible study, which, you know, there's plenty of people that will come for a Bible study, but there's a lot of people that were looking for a church. And now there's still people that are engaged in our church that came to those early days. And for them, you know, we were always this church. I mean, it was like picking a church in the city. And so on a practical level, I would say that. And then number three, just personally, uh, uh, you know, we hear so many stories about pastors burning out and even young church planters. I, I heard of a church planter uh, just a couple days ago uh, that started church by himself a couple years ago and, and they burned out in two years. And the bottom line is on a personal level, it's just encouraging to not be yourself, be by yourself. You know, God said, hey, it's not good for man to be alone. And I think we could extend that to not good for a church planner to be <laughs> alone, right? And uh, I mean, God forbid, especially in COVID-19 season, just had we tried to do this by ourselves, just the emotional toll of caring for people and taking losses and, and, and people betraying you and things that happen in any leadership role, you know, nevertheless, trying to plant a new church, it's it can be so discouraging, but there's just to have people that are there with you, that you're you living life with, that your kids are growing up with. You know, we got, we have 10 babies in our church right now that didn't exist when our church started three years ago, <laughs> you know, and you know, we got heroes, go ahead. Jamil, one of the, the church is a community, right? Yeah. Yeah. That The very core definition of the church is we, we, we live for God in community. And so if you start, try to start a church by yourself with one family, you can call that a community. Okay. It's a community, but what you're actually trying to do is build a community by adding people. When you start with a team, you actually start with a community intact community that other people can join. Yeah. It's a lot easier to join an intact community than it is to say, come help me build a community. Yes. People yeah. are looking for a community. They're not necessarily looking to build a community. Mm -hmm. So if you can have community, and that's what a team does, then you say to people, come join our community. That's it. And you, you skip that step of trying to ask people you've never met before to help you build a community. Absolutely. And, I, and, I, I, and I'm, I'm done. That, that sums it up really well. I, I'll just throw this out. I got a two and a half year old son right now who loves the church. His favorite place to be is the church. He was born right when the church started. And every day he's talking about, I can't wait to be at church. And his best friends are at the church, you know? And what's amazing is his best friends were born the year the church started, you know, two and a half years old, three years old, four years old. 
you know, and I've, I've getting to watch on this last Sunday, my little son and about five other kids are surrounding the drum set after church. Yeah. And, and one of the little kids told my wife, she said, you think that Pastor Jamil would let us be the big band? I'm practicing at home and, and we'd, we'd like to get all these kids and we'd like to be, be the big band. That's awesome. And and just seeing that little fiber, I started weeping just hearing that. I could cry right now. Um, <laughs> but just hearing that little five-year-old who, you know, this is the first time, you know, when we started the church, he was two, you know, two and a half. And hearing him already have enough vision and enough belief in our community that he's thinking, hey, pastor, can 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 the kids be the big band? How how much do I have to practice? It's just that's that's the power of the team. Yeah. You know, he was at those he was the little kid downstairs at the prayer meetings a couple years ago you know, before we launched a church. And now he's practicing the drums an hour a day, getting ready to play the drums at church. And uh, that that sums up for me the power of a team. Yeah. You know, some, sometimes when I talk about it, about your building, Brother Sistrock, I, I liken it to, we all know God's plan for the family with the husband and wife to be married for life. And we've seen over the last, with the breakdown in our world, we've seen the rise in single parent homes and we know they're single parents that do a great job they, they overcome the obstacle statistic they raise great kids but we know the advantage of the of, of the plan of having the husband and that's kind of the church plan you know we've created this model of the almost like the single even though it's a might be a married uh, like almost a single parent model with one person doing all of their own and i don't believe just like in the family it was not god's plan to have a single parent home I think this parachute model is also not God's plan and these those same challenges. But the sister, we want to turn it back to you for final words of wisdom and to close us out in prayer. Well, you know, I think there's a general consensus in the United Pentecostal Church, especially under anybody that's ever started a church, that churches should be started with a team. Of course, as they say, the devil's in the details. You know, how do I get a team? Where do I get a team from? And uh, we're not, that's not the subject here today. That certainly has to be worked out. But let me just make a few final points. One, having a team is not a shortcut for the church planner. It, it doesn't relieve you of, the, of your individual calling. As Brother Jamil said, that burden for that city has to be on you. Um, nobody's coming to plant a church for you. Okay, you're still the leader. You still have the primary responsibility even if you have a great team. And so uh, I don't want you to think we're trying, there's no way to make winning souls, pulling people out of the world, getting them converted, getting them disciples, uh, discipled. Uh, there's no way to shortcut that process. But there's a lot of things that makes it possible for people to come to join the community, to be converted and a team effort. It makes that process easier and you can deal with more disciples at once you know part of the limitation of a lone church planner is they only have 168 hours in a week to do everything you know you add more people they all bring 168 man hours to the table and you can just do more uh that we're, we're advocating a team method that follows the apostle paul's method uh Timothy, Silas, Mark, Barnabas, uh, all of his team members, and there were many more, Aquila, Priscilla, Paulus, uh, 
they they were very mature believers themselves. Many of them all went on, they continued the work. These are, your team members are, should be highly trained and you are partners. Uh, there is uh, no, a team is not to there to elevate you as the super anointed leader and then they're there to be your minions and do your work. No, they, you have a ministry together and God puts you together. You're very skilled, giftings. Sure, as a pastor, you're the leader, but these team members are going to uh, help you just like the Apostle Paul's team members worked hand in hand with him and there was great respect and honor. Uh, team members uh, can be, but are rarely uh, the people that you, what we call foundational families. That's another video lesson you should look up. Uh, foundational families make up the core of a church. Some team members are ministers that will plant a church later themselves. So in three years, four years, they may take that experience and go plant another church, which is great. Uh, some team members may be on loan from a mother church. Uh, so the team members are there to help you establish community members, members of the city where you're, are citizens of the city where you're at that are not serving God, come in and then they become the pillars and the foundation of that church. And so uh, now you can have team members that are with you for 30 years, but uh, more than likely, your team members are, are going to go on to do other things for the Lord and and because uh, of their the calling that's on their life and hopefully because of the ministerial training they've gotten. And hopefully your vision as a church planner is to plant a church in the next city and the next city. Um, you know, one of the things that we deal with is, well, I didn't do it that way. You know, I didn't have a team. We went, my wife and I, we went and gutted it out ourselves, you know? And so, uh, well, uh, as Brother Stewart said, thank you. And thank you for your sacrifice and your right. Many people went alone and great churches has been have been built by lone church planners. That's not what we're saying. Uh, but just like uh, there are single parents who raise great world-changing children, I think every single parent would say, yeah, thank God I did, but I would have rather done it with a partner, okay? And I think every lone church planner that started by themselves would look back and say, it would have been great to have two or three team members, you know? And so that's what we're saying. Um, one, if you know, notice, I, I started this video off by saying, Brother Jamil has done team in one of the best ways I've seen, okay? But still, he didn't have 50. He had 10 to 15, okay? What was the number, Brother McLaurin? Yeah, the, the biggest number was 17. Yeah, 17. And then some of that dwindled, some of those uh, didn't make it. So if you have one other couple or even a single person with you, Go back to the scripture. Uh, one can put a thousand to ten thousand, and it just escalates from there. Uh, go with somebody. 
go with somebody. And of course, if you are faced in a situation where there are no team members, you and your wife are the team, you and your kids are the team, your, your family, that's the team. And it can be done. We're not saying that church planning can't be done without a team. We're saying that we want to start with teams because they did it in the book of Acts and we're working to that. And, and you know, just but just because it's not happening, that doesn't mean we give up on apostolic ideals. I wish more people I prayed for got healed like they did in the book of Acts. I've never had my shadow pass over anybody and they get healed, but I'm still working on it, right? I want that to happen. I want my shadow to pass over somebody and they get healed. I want them to be able to send. I, I want to see that. That I have not given up on it. And we're going to keep working on team church planting and forming apostolic teams like they did in the book of Acts. And we're going to work it out. And we have a great example to follow. The Global Missions has, has done this with our AIM workers, with our short-term missions. We are planting churches for teams all over the world. And I want to plant uh, more churches with teams right here in North America. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for every church planner, every potential church planner, every team member, every potential team member that's watching this video today, God. Lord, help us to get a vision of your kingdom that causes us to put down our personal agendas that many times get in the way of us cooperating and working as a team. God, I pray that you would sweep North America with a generosity, God, not just of finances, but of people and workers, Lord. God, I pray that we will be truly apostolic. The word apostolos means to send. Lord, we have to send young people, couples, uh, young men and women all over North America. God, it's not enough for us just to send them overseas on mission trips. We have to send them to the next city, the next town. And God, I pray that you will help us to reach our unreached areas, God. Lord, there's no place in America that needs team church planning more than our major metropolitan cities. The strongholds are so big. The uh, challenges are so great, God, that it takes uh, more than just one. It takes a team, God, and it takes a unified effort. We pray. Thank you, Jesus, for helping us. Amen. Thank you very much, and I know this video will be a blessing to all who watch it. Thank you for listening today. We appreciate your support for the NAM podcast. Please take a moment to share this episode with your friends and family. Thank you, and God bless. Mm -hmm.